Welcome back, everyone. This is the Ordinary Courage podcast uh, with your host, Venetia Brielt. And we're back in the studio today. Um, I'm really uh, excited to say that I have my daughter, Carissa, uh, back with us. Um, and so, yeah, uh, Carissa Peterson is in the studio with me today. <laughs> so we're going to have a little mother-daughter time. <laughs> And so, yeah, thank you, Carissa, for for coming back. I know that we we um, we always knew, like right from the beginning, um, mm-hmm. when you when I had you both you girls on uh, for one of the very first episodes that I wanted to have each of you actually back on again and just to kind of you know take a closer look into just your own personal uh, journey and story mm-hmm. and and just to unpack it. A little bit more so I'm really happy to have you in here today and and uh, so that we can do that and so I I know you and I were talking a lot you know just over lunch we were just mm-hmm. having lunch and stuff like that and there's um, well I mean we always have lots to talk about so <laughs> um, but uh, yeah so I think uh, I know in the first episode we talked about like the sexual abuse yeah, uh, with your, your stepfather and stuff like that. And so I just, I want to just kind of, you know, to a certain extent, just sort of hand things over to you and you can jump in wherever you like. And I know you already know some of the stuff that we wanted to touch on today, like mm-hmm. just your recovery journey and stuff like that, what that looks like. And, uh, but yeah, why don't we, do you know where you would like to kind of, well, I was, I mean, I have a couple ideas, just some mm-hmm. stuff that I was talking to uh, Eric about last night that I hadn't thought about in a really long time. Because mm-hmm. um, we were talking about like junior high and high school and our like personal experiences. Some of it was like dorky stuff and then others of it was... I am just want to jump in totally. right there. Sorry, just because um, not everyone just to give a little background who Eric is. Oh. <laughs> just, <laughs> yeah. Just so that people, yeah. <laughs> just assume yeah. the whole world knows who we are. Yeah, I guess that's fair. That's really fair. Uh, Eric is my husband. Yeah. <laughs> and you guys have been together for how long? Like A long time, like 11 years. We yeah. are high school sweethearts. Yeah, so just, yeah. yeah. Thanks, um, Yeah, totally. So, yeah, father of my children. Um, he's, yeah. So, yeah, we were talking last night. Um, and I was just like the natural flow of our conversation kind of was like remembering, um, my junior high, uh, days and, um, and then kind of when everything came out, I was in grade nine. Mm -hmm. So I talked about that a little bit when we did the episode, um, with Eddie as well too, Uh, just like that day specifically. But then when Eric and I were talking, I was kind of reminded of like, oh man, like how many kids are experiencing sexual abuse and then they're just literally getting up the next day Mm -hmm. and going to school and not even really realizing, you know, or we're like, oh, they're such a problem kid or they're such a quiet kid or, Mm -hmm. you know, Mm -hmm. without even like my teachers didn't know my friends didn't Mm -hmm. know you know it's not like you you call the school and tell them like 
what's just happened. Like, mm-hmm. oh, so I just found out my daughter's being sexually molested. Like, mm-hmm. I, I'm pretty sure I finished that year and all you had said was that we had had like a pretty, I don't know, big family emergency or something. Because I remember the teachers gave me a lot of grace for basically just like <laughs> barely finishing the year. Right, right. I had a lot of like pity for yeah. not, because it wasn't how, right? Like, how do you go back to, especially once, we had made light of the situation because I had shared my experience with you mm-hmm. when you picked me up from school mm-hmm. and then it, then there was a name for it. So then I realized, Oh, I've been sexually abused. Oh, that's happened a few times mm-hmm. over the last seven years. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So to then go back to school, once you have a name for it was really challenging for me. Like, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. yeah. So I was talking to him about that and just the, the pressure for young kids mm-hmm. to be experiencing any sort of traumatic life experience mm-hmm. and then to be expected to go back and live. Well, uh, just to be expected to know how to manage yeah. that like significant trauma totally. like that, right? Yeah. yeah. And to do good in school and behave yourself yeah. and yeah. Yeah, like you... Yeah somehow supposed to keep up yeah with all that and I was like man like how did I even survive like you're kind of laughing about it because I'm so far removed from it now and I'm like Mm -hmm. what a poor I think about myself now you know you're so far removed and then you're viewing yourself as that young girl Mm -hmm. and you're like wow like how did I even Mm -hmm. survive Mm -hmm. I just I had a lot of um just like sadness for myself Mm -hmm. as a young Mm -hmm. kid Mm mm-hmm and then more grace too, because I think I still felt the pressures of like, you need to be able to keep up. You need to be able to get good grades mm-hmm. and just kind of my desire to like see the shift for that mm-hmm. for kids and young adults. Cause that carried into mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. university and stuff as well too. Like mm-hmm. maybe if we talked about these things more, mm-hmm. the expectations. Well, and that's just, I mean, we, we talk, we, I know we talk about this a lot, right? Mm -hmm. Like in our family and, and with you, you girls and just how far reaching the effects of sexual abuse are, right? Yeah. Like, and, and especially if, if people aren't getting the help they need, if they're not, Mm -hmm. if they're not being able, um, to take the time to deal with it, you know, and, and it's not even like you can just sit down in one sitting or, okay, I'm going to take the next three months to deal with this. You mm-hmm. know what I mean? <clears throat> and then it's just going to all be dealt with. Like it doesn't work yeah. like that. It's, it's like it's layers yeah. and it, and it can happen over years, right. Of just, yeah. even just as the body and the mind mm-hmm. are even ready to deal with it at different layers and levels. And then I think as we get older too, there's certain triggers that can come back and, yeah, you know, and we've talked about that lots too. It's like, Oh, I thought I had dealt with this. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? But it's just at a different level, a deeper level. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I, when I, when I think back to our whole time of that too, I'm like you, I, there's a, I have, I feel, I feel for us Mm -hmm. back then. (laughs) You know what I mean? Like our, our whole family. Yeah. Because, um, I didn't know, I didn't know what to do either. 
Yeah. You know what I mean? Like as, as a mom, as a wife going through that, like, just like you felt like you had to just kind of get up and just keep going. I, I felt like that too. Yeah. Like I just had to get up and keep going, mm-hmm. you know? And so, yeah. I'm, I'm thinking I was <laughs> thinking about being a little bit of a dork cause this stuff really fires me up, but you know, you have like home ec in school and mm-hmm. you can learn how to sew and you can <laughs> learn how to cook, you know, or in our households, <clears throat> we focus on teaching our daughters mainly. And I think the transition is moving into also teaching our sons mm-hmm. how to take care of a home, mm-hmm. to cook, to clean, to whatever. Mm-hmm. So we're so focused on this, like, got to make sure you know how to cook a turkey dinner. Yeah. But we're, we're just barely scratching the surface of teaching our kids how to deal with traumatic experiences. Yeah. Yeah. And I just think that's really backwards. Like Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. there should be more education Mm -hmm. when it comes to these things. Cause then that even goes into depression and anxiety Mm -hmm. as well too. Mm -hmm. Like trauma doesn't need to be like a big intense things. Like you were sexually abused. It could be other things like Mm -hmm. a lot of us, especially older generations moving down the line, we are all parenting out of trauma. Mm -hmm. And so even in things as simple as like yelling at your kids Mm -hmm. or ignoring your kids, you know, when you've had enough, like giving them the silent treatment, Mm -hmm. like all of those things are then traumatizing Mm -hmm. experiences. So then we're, we're, we're traumatized in like little ways Mm -hmm. and we don't, we're mm-hmm. not ever, you know, and then it, it gives us anxiety. So we start developing anxiety mm-hmm. or then we feel really depressed because nothing we ever do is enough for our people. Like we're, we're not talking about mm-hmm. that as much as we should be in our homes, in our homes and in our schools. And so then I, in school, yeah, like, yeah, yeah. yeah. I, th- I think, I think, um, like this has come up before and even around, you know, addiction and mental health and stuff like that. And just learning some of those skills, learning, you know, what to look for, what are some of the early signs, Mm -hmm. like all of that kind of, you know, is there addiction in your family? And just, Mm -hmm. you know, I think, I think we're starting to be more aware of, of just those gaps, I guess you could say. And I don't know, I don't know. I mean, I don't know totally what the answer is, but I, I definitely think more awareness, more education mm-hmm. at the school level, for sure. Um, I mean, that, that, that could almost go across every, every issue that we, we have now, you know? Yeah. And, but then also in our homes too, right? Even, totally. Yeah, like as parents. And I think that's why these conversations are so important. Yeah, they right? start in the home. It starts in the home. It has to. It's your it responsibility as a parent to yeah. be able to be talking to your kids about big feelings and yeah. And, yeah. and identifying their big feelings and taking them seriously when they're feeling sad. Like mm-hmm. It's not like you have to wait till you're 19 to be like, oh... I have depression. You could be eight. Mm -hmm. You could be, you know, like Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. you gotta be like really open. Mm -hmm. So yeah, that, that, um, all of that stuff. And then that sort of experience of having to just like go back to normal. Mm -hmm. Yeah. That was on my mind a lot. 
And so where, um, okay, so you, you got married. Yep. <laughs> to your high school sweetheart. Yeah. Tell, tell me a little bit about the beginning. Like, obviously I know because <laughs> I'm your mom. Yeah. Right. But because mm. I know, I know it was a little bit rough in the beginning and stuff like that. Like, tell me a little bit about just where you were at and what you were dealing with and just some of the things that you've had to overcome already. Some of your growth. Do yeah, you know okay. what I mean? Yeah, I think so. Like, do you, you don't want the beginning of like Eric and I, you just want like, like my, um, just beginning? like, yeah, or like we, just all of that, how it, how it like inter. Yeah, I guess. Yeah. Intermingles with it. Yeah. Cause you, you guys got married, right? Yeah. I, we were 21. Yeah. Thank you. I, I actually mm-hmm. kind of forgot how old you were. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> That's why I was, I was sort of trying to fish. No, no. <laughs> <laughs> sorry <honey. laughs> it's all right yeah we were 21 it's funny because life feels so short but so long at the same time yeah like that was seven years ago yeah. but yeah it feels like a really long time my personal growth and my marriage are very much mixed of course they are and they um, would be yeah yeah totally like we started dating in grade 11 so we were um like 17 mm-hmm. um and I don't I don't think either of us like really thought initially like oh this is gonna be for sure the person I spend forever with I think we dreamt of that mm-hmm. um so then to actually like see it have happened is is pretty mm-hmm. um cool but I in the early years of our dating and then even in like the first couple of years of our marriage because he was there with me through a lot of my healing journey mm-hmm, mm-hmm. saw firsthand like the trauma because I was able to like disclose to him after we'd been together for a little while that I had been sexually abused mm-hmm. um it's I've never wavered in my thinking that he's such a gift from God in just like who he is as a person and who Mm -hmm. God made him to be because he's so steadfast Mm -hmm. and, and so committed, Mm -hmm. um, that I really do feel like God sent him to me. Um, Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. Cause he, yeah, he's been so steadfast throughout all of our years together Mm -hmm. and really stood by me and supported me when I was like, I go to therapy or, Mm -hmm. I think I need to go on medication now mm-hmm, is mm-hmm. kind of cause mm-hmm. my therapy started at like 16 mm-hmm. and I have continued that throughout the years. Mm-hmm. Um, and he's always been like, yeah, like we'll find the money to pay for that. Like that's important. Yeah. And when I was struggling in feeling overwhelmed and depressed and kind of not able to live my life very well because depression had started to come into the mix there like he didn't ever judge me so when you when you say that when I yeah started to not live my life very well what 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 is what does that look like what did that look like well it's funny because I mean you you see people talking about this from time to time like 
I probably didn't look like I was struggling with depression. Um, it was very much like a hidden thing because mm-hmm. you need to still keep up appearances or at least that's how I felt. Mm-hmm. Um, so I was in college doing my LPN um, and I was just really struggling to basically find purpose. Mm-hmm. So I wasn't very happy. Um, but I still was like, you know, getting out of bed and kind of doing the things that I needed to do. I think the biggest thing for me when I look back on that part is that my attitude was repulsive. <laughs> so what? It, what so it, like I didn't treat people very nicely, like mainly Eric, like we were newly married at this point in time. And I actually think it even occurred like when we were dating as well too. So if I was really struggling with my own anxiety and I was having a hard time coping, Mm -hmm. I would like lash out and I would be kind of hurtful or I'd be kind of mean. Mm -hmm. I'd be impatient. Mm -hmm. I would get irritated about things that it's like, why is that even like, what's happening? You were fine a second ago and now you're not. And it would be that like, boiling boiling and then it would just like boil over and Mm -hmm. you would get really mad about something that and so that I think for me that was my biggest thing with my anxiety and my depression Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. wasn't so much any other symptoms I was able to still go to work and whatever Mm -hmm. but all of the pressures that I felt like were there um then kind of spilled out into my attitude and how I treated the person that I like really loved Mm-hmm. The most, I would say, he probably got the <laughs> the brunt of my mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. of mm-hmm. my pain mm-hmm. that I wasn't managing. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So then, when when and how did that start to change for you? When like when you were able to get to the point that you knew, like, I need to something mm-hmm. needs to change here. Like, yeah. Um, I did, that was like a pivotal moment that I shared um, on the podcast with you and Eddie was like that morning that you took me out for breakfast. Right, yeah. And you were like, you need to get some help. Mm -hmm. Um, I totally remember that. Yeah, yeah, and I just don't think like, it's hard to know how to tell someone that, like I'm sure Eric maybe wanted to, like he was like, you're not the person that I know you to be, Mm -hmm. but I don't know that he was able to say like, Hey babe, you should maybe get some help. It was really probably not the wisest thing. No, (laughs) very true for a husband to say to his wife. (laughs) That's so true. Or like that poor guy. (laughs) Get some help. You're crazy. (laughs) Yeah. I would receive that now, but I would not have received that then. Probably. No. So, yeah, he just did it in a way that I was like, yeah, you know what? You're right. Because I felt validated finally for like the first time because I had been trudging along trying mm-hmm. to help our family mm-hmm. while everybody else was struggling mm-hmm. and I wasn't helping myself. And then to have you sit there and say like, you've been helping everybody else. You need to go help yourself. Mm-hmm it was like something clicked for me. I was like, oh yeah, you're totally right. Like I'm important too. And then I Mm -hmm. felt very just like validated. I don't agree with a lot of my behavior, but I didn't know any better. I I totally get that, honey. Like enabling and being codependent Mm -hmm. are not good things. But Mm -hmm. if you don't know any better, you know, you're like, 
me being codependent is because I love them. Like yeah. it was, yeah. you know, and so then just really receiving that, what you said, and then making a decision to just see my family doctor and being like, I think I need some medication. Like it wasn't complicated. It wasn't intense. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. It was just like, I'm going to try some meds yeah, and see what that does. Cause yeah. I'm kind of running out of options here. I've already tried therapy. Mm-hmm. Like, mm-hmm. you know, mm-hmm. so you do the meds and stuff mm-hmm. like that. And then you're still, because it was almost like we were just talking about earlier how it's in layers, right? Because totally. then you can, so right? Yeah. And so you are working through the layers, right? Yeah. And then you get to a point in your journey where you need medication just to help balance things out. It's almost like too, so that you could get to the next level, yeah. to the next layer. Yeah. Right? Yeah. Yeah. So, t- so yeah. share that because I obviously as your mom I've seen you Mm -hmm. developing right and going through your layers and your levels and your yeah right I've seen the progression of all of this too through the years right Mm -hmm. yeah Um, totally so yeah I think that the medication was so necessary because my brain had been so overworked from dealing with what I feel like was just like a steady amount of trauma for us as a family that I mean I don't even know all the science behind it but like the neurotransmitters were not (laughs) working serotonin was not getting where it needed to you know like my brain was like just couldn't cope anymore so having Mm -hmm. those antidepressants come in and just kind of like clear the fog Mm -hmm. and help the process work as it's supposed to Mm -hmm. then brought a calm over me Mm -hmm. that just kind of like steadied me and so then I think through that then my eyes were open a bit more and then through obviously additional therapy because I was still going Mm -hmm. then I was able to see things differently Mm -hmm. and being so high strung as well too um having some antidepressants to just kind of like mellow me out yeah um allowed me to see my behavior yeah in a different way because I think when you're like in the middle of your battle with anxiety it can be really really challenging to see your behavior Mm -hmm. and I hadn't yet discovered like where my anxiety was even coming from Mm -hmm. you Mm -hmm. know because at that point I'm 22 Mm mm-hmm I've already been in therapy since I was 16. So you're sort of like, okay, I've already dealt with a lot of the sexual abuse here. Like why is the anxiety Mm -hmm. still Mm -hmm. overtaking me and having those medications to calm me down and Mm -hmm. steady me Mm -hmm. allowed me to look at like the root of the anxiety. Mm -hmm. And then out came a lot of like my people pleasing perfectionism Mm -hmm. um, traits that I had developed through my trauma. Mm -hmm. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I think it's also really important to remember too, like you, um, just so, um, you know, people can kind of understand the landscape, I guess you could say that we're talking about, like, because yes, there were like, so there was the, the sexual abuse, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and then, uh, like literally like our whole world 
like it's, it was like everything just kind of crumbled totally. after that, right? Yeah. Um, you know, because it was like the whole rug was pulled out from underneath us, mm-hmm. right? And then poverty started to, like we started, yeah. we started to spiral into poverty and stuff like that. Um, going from being pretty well to do, like yes. we definitely didn't have to worry about anything. We were, mm-hmm. you know lived in a really beautiful home in Royal Oak like we mm-hmm. had everything we could want or mm-hmm. need or ask or like money wasn't an issue um to all of a sudden it's like you know the sexual abuse is happening and then the, all the money's cut off <laughs> and then we're moving we're moving we're moving yeah. I start I, my drinking uh mm. increased right so then yeah. that started so then all but these were all of the factors, right? Especially yeah. for you kids, right? Mm-hmm. And then it just—it was almost like it just kept getting worse and worse. Because I know even for oh, it, me, it did. It did get worse it and did. worse. Yeah, my yeah. drinking got worse and worse and worse. Like yeah. my own pain and my—you mm-hmm. know what I mean? It's like it just. Oh my gosh! It, I mean, yeah, it's. There was a lot of outside factors. It's not like it was just the abuse. Yeah, and yeah. then. And then we were able to kind of mend. It literally felt like bomb after bomb. Thank you. After bomb. Yes. Like yes. this couldn't possibly get worse. And then. Oh. Just <laughs> kidding. It just, it just, yeah, totally. It can. It can. Because <laughs> that's, that's how I felt too. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like I, that yeah. was exactly how I felt too. So we had gone from having a pretty picture perfect. Yeah. I'm doing air quotes. Yeah. <laughs> family. Yeah despite all of the hidden mm-hmm. crap that was there mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. to, to uh, like, a, uh, like a, a sad Ugh. family. Yeah. We yeah. were sad, like yeah. not yeah. in a pathetic way, just like we all then started to go off and start having yeah. our own really devastating yes. journey. And yes. then yes. There was all these outside factors that kept compounding on top of it. Like I remember mm-hmm. you we lived in this beautiful home. We had a beautiful family. Family's gone. Yeah. That's been ripped away. Then the money starts to go away. So yeah. the lifestyle that we were used to living mm-hmm. was gone. Mm-hmm. Then it gets so bad that we're moving mm-hmm. into a smaller place. And then we're moving into a smaller place. Mm-hmm. And then money's even harder. Mm -hmm. And then I remember the day that we walked through that two bedroom apartment because you had me go with you and I was in tears and total shock and dismay because I was like, what is happening? Like, this is where we've ended up. Yeah. I remember feeling so devastated and kind of angry. Yeah. You know, just at all of the circumstances Mm -hmm. that had occurred for us. It was so, yeah, you take the outside circumstances Mm -hmm. of money Mm -hmm. and our family. Mm -hmm. And then for me being the oldest sibling. Yeah. And then you take my own personal struggles. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And then it's like that for all of us kids, Mm -hmm. right? Like we've Mm -hmm. all, yeah, like it got really Mm -hmm. dark. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So even though I'm healing through my abuse trauma, Mm -hmm we're still dealing with other trauma at the same time. Totally, totally. So it made it really challenging Mm -hmm. to try to live Mm -hmm. a relatively successful life as a semi-functioning human being. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. I can, it was, you know, even just as you're talking, the 
picture that comes to my mind is like, you know, we're in this, we're in this, on this boat or whatever in the middle of the ocean. And all of a sudden we're all just the boats sunk, (laughs) you know, and we're all scrambling to try to get like, Mm -hmm. you know, it's like all you kids and me and we're all in the water there's no life raft anywhere no rescue boat no rescue boat like it's just dark and we're all trying to just scramble for whatever scraps we can find to Mm -hmm. pull ourselves onto so that we don't drown so that we don't freeze to death so Mm -hmm. that like that's the because that's it's like it it got it went dark and it stayed dark for a really long time yeah and there wasn't a lot of outside help if I'm being totally honest yeah there was little people obviously here and there that I really do genuinely feel like God placed totally absolutely but overall yeah (laughs) like it was a pretty shameful experience yeah it was freaking brutal man you know why would you want to be associated with people like that? Yeah. And I don't agree with that at all. Yeah. Because I think a lot of people need to realize like this type of stuff can happen to any of us. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. It doesn't, there's no discrimination Mm -hmm. when it comes to trauma. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And, and so it really sucked to not really have consistent people that were able to come alongside mm-hmm. us and still be okay to be seen with us while we were <laughs> dealing with the yeah the shit storm. <laughs> yeah, it's like, I hear you. And then yeah. so so it's so I just I really wanted to just bring that yeah, yeah. to highlight that because that <laughs> was you know what I mean. That's this yeah. is like it's you know it was all part of it. Like it just. Yeah. You know, and then it's poverty, that's addiction. Mm-hmm. I'm struggling. My addiction mm-hmm. is out of control, you know, and, yeah. and I'm still trying to work. So I considered myself a functioning alcoholic, which I think is such a friggin' oxymoron. <laughs> and, and, and then carrying my own stuff, right? Mm-hmm. Carrying my own stuff and trying to manage and never having enough money, can't not being able to work enough. Yeah. So even as a single parent, I'm working, 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 and I just can't work enough to yeah. fix it, you know? Yeah. And then I remember moving into that two bedroom freaking apartment and having to get rid of mm. ev- almost like so That's much right of too. what we owned. We had to get rid of our pet, about that. Samson. Yeah. Like, holy crap, man. Like how much, you know, and moving, you know, and taking the doors off of the apart, like the bedrooms just so we could fit into these bedrooms, you know, throwing mattresses on the Mm -hmm. floors in the bedrooms. Like it just was, it was, it was sad. And I remember, Mm -hmm. I remember saying to you kids, I'm going to have us out of here in three months. I forgot. I'm going to have us out of here in three months. And I remember telling the boys, like, just to pretend like we're camping, you know. Mm. And I, I couldn't get us out of there. It wasn't, I didn't get us out of there until like a year and a half later. And then that's when we got into our habitat house, yeah. you know. But, and then, you know, and during that time, then I sobered up and then Eden went down. Yeah. That was, right? But this is like this is all a part of even your story, like your story, right? There's another bomb. There's another bomb, right? And and remember even getting ready for your wedding. Like we're preparing for your wedding and I'm trying to find treatment. Yeah. You were like secretly trying Trying to to find help for your other daughter. Yeah. Yeah. I remember being so angry 
because you were like saying that you might not be able to wait until my wedding. And I'm like, can we hold off on this so I can just have a wedding? Yeah. And it, I mean, now being removed from that, it's so ridiculous because it was like, well, this is her life we're talking about here. Like, yeah. yeah. But yeah, she went into treatment three days after. Three days after you got married. But then yeah. that was sad too because with where her journey was at, you know, we didn't even really know like, at that point, what Eddie we were getting. Mm -hmm. And I remember that being really sad too. Like, mm -hmm. you know, like what Eddie am I getting today as she's standing up with me mm -hmm. and that like, that's really sad. It's mm -hmm. sad for everybody. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So there's a lot. Yeah. Basically. Yeah. There was, it's a not lot. just this one little incident where we're realizing that I've been sexually mm -hmm. abused and then we went on and money, mm -hmm was still good and the ease of life carried yeah. on it just I know and that's see even that so that was your childhood sexual abuse yeah right but just the impact of that on our entire family yeah right because that mm -hmm. messed me up yeah too as a mother as a wife totally right it t totally took me out yeah for a long time for a long time yeah, it's so true. It was, and then just the coping, right? The, mm -hmm. You know, because I didn't start off drinking, thinking I'm just going to drink myself to death, right? I didn't. Mm -hmm. I I actually thought, you know, there's nothing wrong with what I'm just having a glass of wine after the kids are in bed. It's nine yeah. o'clock at night. I'm just going to take the edge off. Mm -hmm. Just take the edge off, you know. Next thing you know, it's you know, pretty much two bottles. Mm -hmm. a day you know it's not nine o'clock and it's like soon as I'm done work I'm at the liquor store yeah you know pounding back a bottle of wine before I even go into the apartment oh, I like, did not know that I that yeah I did that sometimes yeah that's sad it was sad I remember the coffee mugs well I tried to hide it in the coffee <laughs> mugs this is how to go cups <laughs> just really like my coffee <laughs> this is how sick and twisted our humor has gotten anybody else it comes from a traumatic household yeah gotta laugh sometimes yeah. well i just did it because i you know because you guys were starting to pick on me about my my yeah. drinking and i so i didn't want it to look like so yeah. i would i would i would drink some wine mm -hmm. before i even got into the house so that i as soon as i got into the house i wouldn't have to drink some wine you know what uh, i mean so i was yeah. just like so when i got into the house i had already like you know, mm -hmm. so then I could try to make it look like I was more casually having mm. a glass of wine while I was cooking dinner or something. Right. Yeah. Cause I also thought there was nothing wrong with the way I was drinking because I was always at home with you guys. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? I wasn't going out. I wasn't partying. I wasn't, you know what I mean? You guys probably wished I would have went out <laughs> because I just yeah. stayed at home and drank, you know? Just me and my wine, my best friend. <laughs> Meet Red. Yeah. 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 So, yeah. So that was my coping, but that was all part of our, it's like, a, it's so intertwined. Yeah. All of our stories, all of our yeah. journeys, but this is family. Yeah. Right. This is family. This is right. Even the story we were talking about as we were driving over here, you and I, right about your yes. friend. Yes. Right. And everything, what they're yeah. doing and how they're coping and how they're, it's like, yeah, that's family. Yeah. We all, it messes us all up, whether we want to realize it or not. 
you know, yeah. you can cut them off, you can cut them out of your life. But even that you're, why would you, you know, why yeah. are you cutting them off? Yeah. Why are you so bitter? Why mm-hmm. do you never want to talk to them again? It's, it's impacting you. Yeah. It's hurting. It's right. Yeah. There's damage there. Right. Yeah. It's just the way that we deal with it. It's the way that we manage it, the way we cope, the way we. Yeah. Right. Yeah, it's true. And so, okay, so you're, you're married. This is like, Mm -hmm. this is a little snippet of some of what you're dealing with. And (laughs) you and Eric, because Eric, God bless Eric. I know. (laughs) (laughs) I know. (laughs) You know, whenever I hear you say, oh, yeah, Eric, you know, God knew what I needed. He brought me Eric. Or God knew what I needed <laughs> because I I like to think that Eric is in all of our lives. Like God brought, like he's yeah he's so much a part of our family. Like mm-hmm. well, he's, he's been there through the yeah, like through everything. Ugly, the ugly, ugly, yeah. ugliness, and then yeah. the beautiful. I know. I was just thinking right? that too because then there's so much beauty in the oh. fact that I got to have him there to experience that with because he gets it when we talk Mm -hmm. about it he's been in the thick of a lot of this family stuff with us he saw you in your drinking he's seen the beauty of you in sobriety Mm -hmm. we him and I actually get to share in the fact that we're like wow it's only been what's this seven and a half years yeah yeah that feels like a lifetime I actually it doesn't even feel fair to say seven and a half years because him and I both are constantly blown away at we're like wow seven and a half years like it should be like 14 you know it should be double what it is because there's such a change Mm -hmm. between then and now Mm -hmm. but it's really nice to have a partner by my side that Mm -hmm. just gets my family Mm -hmm. you know he well and even just how it's changed him and that too yeah because god really used all of our stuff Mm-hmm. To change his perspective mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. because he doesn't have that sort of obvious trauma mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. in mm-hmm. his family. Yeah. 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 So, yeah, it's been, yeah, so we're married and. You have a few kids? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I know we have a few kids. Yeah. And so what, tell me, and I'm, I'm leading a little bit, but, uh, <laughs> okay. tell me, tell me some of the, you know, some of your recent, I think, really incredible revelations about some of the other ways that you coped, mm. you... Oh, you're totally leading. <laughs> <laughs> That's all right. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, yeah. You got me. You I got do. me, darling. I got you. <laughs> uh, I'm with you. Yeah. Well, there's a few things. Like, mm-hmm. I'm not sure. Like, are you wanting to talk about, like, my recovery or the other coping stuff first? All of it. All of it. Wherever yeah, like, you want to go. Yeah, just all my revelations. Yeah. Totally. I mean. Because they're significant. I know. There has been. Like. It's actually quite crazy. It, like, the healing journey and all of that is yeah. a very lifelong yeah. um it's lifelong. Like the layers, the levels, yeah. of your, right? Like totally. you've just ripped off some major. Yeah. Like it's, it's, it's actually a astounding. Yeah, it's true. Yeah. So a few years ago. I'm incredibly proud of you. Thank you. 
I appreciate that. I'm really proud of me too, <laughs> which I might sound conceited to say, but I no, think it's babe. really important to be yeah. proud of yourself. You should be, yeah. You've yeah. worked hard. Yeah, I have. Yeah, it's you've looked have. at a lot of stuff. Yeah. A few years ago when Willie, my second, was first born, I was really, really struggling again. And um, I remember having a lot of conversations on the phone with you, as we always have. Mm-hmm. But I, um, I was really just like, I can't do it. This like, the stress of it all is too much. I don't mm-hmm. even think I ever led into the specifics of anything of what it was. I just was deeply struggling mm-hmm. with my pre-existing anxiety that came into my postpartum period and then I think some like postpartum depression Mm -hmm. and I remember one of the days I was like sitting on the edge of my bed and we were having a discussion about um some of my behaviors um (laughs) being consistent with what you would call like a dry drunk okay yeah and I was so offended by that and I think I said that because I was like I'm doing everything in my power to not be like that Mm -hmm. and so I was kind of devastated to hear that like honey I I think you actually like some of um some of the things you're displaying are kind of like they go hand in hand with um like addiction Mm -hmm. and so it sort of started there despite the fact that my like torment of of drinking has always kind of been around like Mm -hmm. probably since your drinking Mm -hmm. was still happening because I was terrified of something like that ever happening um, to me. Mm -hmm. So it wasn't though until last year, um, last June that I read that Brene Brown article. um, So June 2019. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Where she, yeah, where she was talking about um, celebrating her 23 years in sobriety mm-hmm. and what that had looked like for her um, and just some of the joys that she had received out of her sobriety. Mm-hmm. And she said a couple of things. The main thing that stuck out to me was a poo-poo platter of addictions, mm-hmm. <laughs> meaning that it's not like any one thing had ever taken her out Mm -hmm. to cause her to enter into recovery. Mm -hmm. But there were multiple little things. If you just imagine like a little platter of appetizers, there's just a little bit of everything. So like a control squirt. Yeah. (laughs) So some control issues, Mm -hmm. some eating issues, um, a little bit maybe of drinking, Mm -hmm. um, for me then there's there was those things and then there's like the perfectionism the people pleasing and I was like oh a poo-poo platter of addictions like (laughs) I didn't have to enter into full-blown alcoholism Mm -hmm. and I didn't go down the road of abusing drugs I just have a little bit of everything and it was like finally it all clicked for me Mm -hmm. um and then she also said about modeling behavior for her children in that the one day she was having a conversation with her daughter and was asking her like, why have, despite the fact that your friends are out there drinking and maybe driving and whatever, like, mm-hmm. why are you not doing it? Like mm-hmm. what mm-hmm. made you not want to do it? Like, and she's like, well, cause you modeled that behavior. And that was huge for me. I yeah, was like, totally. Oh, yeah. well, duh. 
Like, of course, that makes so much sense. It's so important for me as a mother to be modeling the behavior that I am then one day going to be asking of my children. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. How are you supposed to tell your kids, don't do this, don't do that, if they then don't see you doing the exact same Mm -hmm. things? Mm -hmm. And and so it was those two things combined that I, I then made the decision where I was like very terrified to enter into recovery and be like, I'm, I'm not going to drink anymore. I'm just going to make a decision to live a sober life. Yeah. Because she also shared the joy that, that came from sobriety and how she was able to show up in everything that life brought her Mm -hmm. fully alive Mm -hmm. and sober. Mm -hmm. And it was like all those years of, of seeing you enter into recovery, watching my own siblings, battle their addictions, enter into recovery, and then seeing my different journey, Mm -hmm. journey, (laughs) deciding to enter into recovery, it all kind of just like collided and made sense for me. Mm -hmm. Um, And so that was hugely uh, freeing Mm -hmm. um, and very, very pivotal for me. Um, Because... I then, it was like that torment just totally lifted. Yeah. So I was like, I'm just, I don't have to worry now if I'm okay to drink alcohol today, if, if I'm not okay today, if, Mm -hmm. is it okay to feel a buzz? Is it whatever? It was just like, I'm just taking alcohol off the table here. Yeah. Yeah. And then it was really empowering because then I was choosing to show up for my life in the beautiful stuff Mm -hmm. and mainly the messy stuff yeah, and whatever is to come in my life Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. to choose to show up totally sober, to just live it Mm -hmm. raw, which I genuinely feel like is the way that life is meant to be lived. I I actually, you know, when listening to you say that, I can tell you from being in long-term recovery now too, Mm -hmm. like from alcoholism, that, that that is probably one of my top, uh, favorite gifts of sobriety mm. is feeling everything, mm-hmm. giving myself permission and having the ability to feel everything. Yeah. Absolute joy, absolute sorrow, absolute gratitude, absolute happiness, like all of it mm-hmm. to be fully a pr- a present and fully alive yeah. in my life all the time, whether I'm celebrating yeah. a win or dealing with a loss, you know, dealing with grief, whatever it is, I can show up mm-hmm. like it's incredible. I, yeah. I wish yeah, I it's it's incredible. Yeah. It's incredible. Yeah, I agree. So that I almost see that is it's almost like a ladder. I hey, mm. like it's like you're you're on this ladder and mm. it's another rung in mm-hmm. the you're just climbing this ladder, this ladder of yeah. healing, this ladder of discovery, this ladder mm-hmm. of freedom, this Totally. Yeah. Cuz I didn't I think realize just how much freedom and empowerment would come from that decision. So I just held off for so long, desperate Mm -hmm. to feel normal 
which we have talked about mm-hmm. a lot mm-hmm. because nothing else had been normal about my life. And mm-hmm. so I was like, can I just have this one <laughs> thing? Like, because being you know, able to drink makes yeah, us somehow normal. Yeah, somehow. And so I just, once I let go of that and mm-hmm. we were like, what even is normal? Mm-hmm. It was mm-hmm. like, okay, whatever. Yeah. And it actually doesn't make me weak. It doesn't make me weak that I don't drink alcohol. Mm-hmm. Like, mm-hmm. And, and getting over the fact that like, I don't need to care what people think. Yeah. And not everybody needs to understand my decision. Like, yeah, I'm living my life for me and my husband and my kids mm-hmm. and God. Right. Mm-hmm. Like, and that's, mm-hmm. that was really, so entering into recovery, um, yeah, it just really shifted a lot, even in me discovering more of my purpose. Mm-hmm. Um, because I think it's important that more people hear about, uh, these stories of recovery mm-hmm. that it it wasn't a intense crazy rock bottom mm-hmm. not obviously to take any significance away from those mm-hmm. but it's okay to not have that and still choose recovery mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. you know when you say that I'm I right I right away what drops into my heart is that Recovery is not just about recovery from addiction, Mm -hmm. right? Because in some ways you did hit rock bottom. It just, yeah, yeah. right? No, it's true. Right? It just looked different. Yeah. Your rock bottom was just different. Yeah. No, that's true. Right? And we, trauma is trauma, Mm -hmm. right? Choosing to pick up a drink or pick up a drug or whatever, that's just another way of dealing with trauma. Yeah. Right? And needing to recover. We all need to recover. Mm-hmm. Right? We, there's people out there that need to recover from a divorce that was devastating. Right? Yeah. Uh, the loss of a premature, like the, the a death prematurely from mm-hmm. a child. You know what I mean? Because we shouldn't. By all, by nature, we shouldn't be burying mm-hmm. our children, right? As parents and dealing with, we need, like recovery is so multifaceted, mm-hmm. you know? And so your recovery journey is, your recovery journey is, you're, you're recovering from trauma, like you're recovering yeah. from those things, right? Like, thank God you know, alcoholism, like the, the alcohol part or the yeah. drug part didn't take hold in your life. Yeah. I totally get what you're saying. Do you know what but I'm saying? But other things had. Yes. And that was yes. the whole poo poo platter. Yes. <laughs> yeah. Because yeah. I was like, Oh, it, it, it re-identified all of my, um, things yeah. to me in a new way. Like my anxiety was just my desperate need to feel in control because when I was in control, I felt safe. Mm-hmm. And I had learned to do that through my trauma. Mm-hmm. The people pleasing came from that as well too. Because mm-hmm. then I just developed this need to make sure that other people were happy because then I felt good about myself. The mm-hmm. perfectionism, mm-hmm. you know, in all areas of my life that bled into mm-hmm. just wanting to perfect everything to be perfect on the outside, to have the perfect home, to have whatever right like it was Mm -hmm. just the desperation and so I entered into recovery obviously to not drink Mm -hmm. 
or do drugs, but to also be showing up for myself and constantly working on my need to please and not being present in my life Mm -hmm. and trying to control all of those things. Mm -hmm. And then even to an extent too, like my, um, like eating and, and body image a little bit too, because that was really Mm -hmm. impacted as it is for Mm -hmm. so, so many people. So it was me actively choosing Mm -hmm. to, um, just be in recovery from all of those Mm -hmm. ways of living the negative impacts of, of them. Yeah. Yeah. The other really big area that's like super new for me even to be talking about it. Mm -hmm. And that really is only in my circle of like three people, my mom, my sister, and my husband. But, um, that I have really felt a call, um, in, in my heart for, um, was also in just how I struggled with like masturbation and porn after, after I was abused Mm -hmm. and all of the shame that that brought on, um, for me and something that like I never talked about with anybody Mm -hmm. was never, um, I mean, I talked to my therapist about it mm-hmm. over mm-hmm. the years, but mm-hmm. it's just not a part of normal conversation. No. We're not yeah. putting sexual abuse victims and masturbation and porn in the same category mm-hmm. and handling them as things that um, go together mm-hmm. and and that are sometimes um, like offshoots of of abuse. Yes, yeah. For men and women. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So I know that this is really new Mm -hmm. and I, what, there's so much that you and I could talk about this and I, and, and we probably will, will, Mm -hmm. I would like to, I want to do this again too, but what are some of the, cause I totally agree with you. 100% and and you know that like Mm -hmm. and and you and I have talked about like I know even in my own life um being a survivor of sexual abuse what my own childhood sexual abuse how that impacted my life and in turn where Mm -hmm. that led me right and so I fully understand um what you're saying so but what are some of the just because I know this is a new um, like you're just kind of stepping out into this right now and yeah. sharing this truth, mm-hmm. right? Um, which I really want to tell you how I, incredibly proud I am of you, Carissa. Thanks, Mom. And and uh, so just what what some of the um, I guess revelation healing Mm -hmm. and stuff that this has brought you since because I know you talked to Eric about this and you yeah you know and but just even what it just like how the putting down the drinking Mm -hmm. right ended up free how has this freed you and and I know it's fairly new Mm -hmm. so totally that's okay but but yeah like fairly new and then it also um but it was almost like being able to share it with just my 
mainly my husband because mm-hmm. he's like my my person mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. um that I'm like walking through this life with but then also being able to share it with you my mom and then and then my sister as well too um it actually is really uh it get, it's getting easier um to talk about and mm-hmm. and one of the biggest revelations for me in even just voicing it to mm-hmm. like those couple of people mm-hmm. um was that as soon as you're able to like bring light to these things, then the shame dissipates immediately. And I really think that that is important for people to understand. Yes. The longer you go without talking about it, the worse you feel, the longer that shame just hangs over your head. And Mm so I feel like in a lot of ways, me not talking about it, just let the shame sit and linger. And kept me from what my purpose is mm-hmm. um and so talking about it mm-hmm. I genuinely think will allow the door to open to whatever I don't even know what it's supposed to look like yeah yeah you know and Eric and I talked about that last night when I was sort of preparing and was like hey so if this comes up today <laughs> are you all right because I I obviously really respect the man and he's mm-hmm. my husband so mm-hmm. I want to make sure that we're mm-hmm. on the same page with this stuff mm-hmm. And he's like, well, yeah, of course, like it's, it's your thing. It's your journey. If you genuinely feel like God is going to use this, like you don't need to know who the people are. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. You just need to be willing to let yourself be used. Mm -hmm. And, and that's the thing. Like, yeah, we might come out of our mother's womb, Mm -hmm. totally innocent, but we all have stuff that happens to us through our lives that was either our own doing Mm -hmm. or because of somebody else Mm -hmm. and then we have trauma and shame Mm -hmm. to work through Mm -hmm. and so none of us now as we age and we grow from being little kids to adults like none of us are unscathed Mm -hmm. we all have stuff so Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. if the more we're willing to talk about this stuff Mm -hmm. the less Mm -hmm. you know Mm -hmm. the same like the same reduction in shame and stigma that we're seeing and wanting to see more of in regards to mental health and addiction. Yes. Also needs to be seen in regards to pornography yeah. and and masturbation as well too yeah, because yeah. they're all yeah. they're all intermingled. Yeah. Oh, so there's so many uh threads. Oh, yeah. with all of this it's yeah, yeah it's it's crazy. Yeah. Oh, wow. I uh you're amazing. <laughs> Thanks, Mom. <laughs> yeah, you're really amazing. I um, I'm a little, I'm a little <laughs> speechless. I'm a little speechless right now. Um, I uh, wow. I am, I am just, yeah. This is this is really good. Yeah, I, I think so too. Yeah, it's really good. I. Uh, these are the kinds of conversations I want mm-hmm. to have because I know that they are healing, like exactly mm-hmm. what you said mm-hmm. about as soon as we shine a light mm-hmm. on these things, as soon as we come out and say, you know, mm-hmm. hey, this is what, you know what I mean? <laughs> yeah. and, and, and I can relate to that in so many ways. And I know mm-hmm. that there's so many people out there that can relate to that. You know, I'm even, honestly, I'm, I even... I'm thinking of Earl too, like when, right? Totally. When Earl was on the podcast and he, as a man, as a yeah. grown man, you know, and he's 
talking about being sexually abused as, as a young boy, as a 13-year-old mm-hmm. boy. And I know that in our society, it's so hard for men to talk about yeah. abuse, to talk about sexual abuse, to talk about any kind of sexual trauma or any mm-hmm. kind of sexual exploitation. And But how incredibly encouraging and freeing totally. it is when we can have these conversations. Mm-hmm. And I just... I want, we need to have these conversations. We need to have them. And I know this stuff maybe doesn't happen to every single person out there. Mm -hmm. And I'm, you know, I I get that. And I'm, for those of you that it hasn't happened to, you know, like, like good for you. I'm glad that it hasn't happened to you. Like, genuinely, no one, I wish that this didn't happen to anyone, Mm -hmm. you know, but the, but also at the same time, the sad reality is, is that it, this happens to a lot of people. Yeah. A lot, a lot, a lot, mm-hmm. you know, to different varying degrees, some worse, some, yeah. you know, maybe on a, a different scale or different level, but it happens a lot. Um, mm-hmm. And so it is important to be talking about this. And, and so, yeah, I just... Um, I know, like, it, just as we're coming to a close, coming to a close with the, this, this episode and, and this podcast, I, what do you want to say? What would you like to say, honey? Like, what do you, I mean. <laughs> That's so open-ended. I, I know, can say so I much. Well, I think in bringing up the, um, just like my journey and what some of, I obviously, (laughs) there's a lot of things that came out of my abuse. Mm -hmm. Um, And bringing it up is a way to normalize that it happens to a lot of us. Mm -hmm. And like often we're left feeling really yucky Mm -hmm. after we're abused because a lot of the times we don't yet understand what has just happened. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. I would say in childhood, definitely, but that could also be true as adults as well, too, Mm -hmm. if we're abused. Mm -hmm. Um, And so the shame and that yucky feeling that Mm -hmm. you get, Mm -hmm. and then if that then carries into some sort of coping mechanism, Mm -hmm. whether it's abusing alcohol or drugs, Mm -hmm. whether... You know, and it might sound silly to some people, but like the brain does funny things after abuse. Yeah. And if a child has been taken advantage of like that, they're sexually awakened way younger than they ever should have been. Yes. Yes. And we were talking about this mm-hmm. earlier. And so if if masturbation comes out of that, mm-hmm. it's so important to like reach out for help Mm -hmm. and Mm -hmm. or if that was like a past experience Mm -hmm. of yours and now you're removed from that Mm -hmm. to just like normalize it like my hope in talking about it is I genuinely believe it needs to be normalized and discussed more yes we talk about porn all the time in regards to men Mm -hmm. but only a little bit Mm -hmm. in regards to women Mm -hmm. and I would say that well, and just even how it can be used as an outlet, right? Because yeah. that's even how you and I were talking about like yeah. my outlet was alcohol yeah. kind of thing. And what you what has been really uh 
instrumental and key and kind of revolutionary for you mm. in this journey is that you realize like, holy crap, I, yeah. I was using pornography yeah to hide and to that happened like at the very end like yeah I I started struggling or like whatever you want to call it at 11 yeah I didn't even know the term masturbation at 11 years old I didn't even know what I was doing yeah but the endorphins in your brain the ability to numb out through that experience and then it literally carried me through and so I truly believe that that sort of um outlet Mm -hmm. due to abuse Mm -hmm. is not normal Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. and that it needs to be discussed more yes and and dealt with Mm -hmm. so that it doesn't just continue to add to the the Mm -hmm. shame yes and then inevitably the masturbation led into pornography because then you're continuing to try to feed those endorphins yes and to numb out even more and then it just leads to then unhealthy mm-hmm. relationships. And then yeah. you just continue feeling that yucky, yes. shameful Yeah, Just like an alcoholic feeling. feels or just totally. like a, a drug addict feels. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. So the freedom that came in talking about it was like, oh, yeah, nothing's hanging over my head anymore. Yes. Like when we talked yes. about it, you were like, oh, I can relate to that. Because when I came out and said I was an alcoholic, yeah, it was like, oh, yeah. It's out there now. Yeah, like totally. I don't have to walk around yeah. hanging my head anymore because everything is out Everyone there. Everyone knows the open. I'm a drunk. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and so that's how that felt yeah. for me. Yes. And so my hope in talking about it is yeah. not to glorify my own thing. It's to be like, I know that there are other women out there that yes. are experiencing yeah. this yeah. and they might feel shameful talking about it because mm-hmm. they're a woman. Mm-hmm. And we usually only ever associate masturbation and porn with men. Yes. Totally, honey. Yeah. And so... Yeah. Yeah. I think that that's, so we just totally, uh, opened up the arena here Yep. (laughs) (laughs) and we'll have, and we'll have more of these talks. Mm. We'll have more of these talks. Yeah. I'm yeah. I, uh, so just as we're, yeah, just as we're closing, Mm -hmm. I, uh, I know, I know for all of you guys out there that are I guess if you're listening to the Ordinary Courage podcast, you already kind of <laughs> yeah. know what you're in for. Yeah. And so I just, I hope that, you know, the, the whole purpose out of having these conversations is to reach you, you, the audience, you, the listener, mm-hmm. you, maybe the one that is hurting, the one that is struggling, um, Maybe you haven't told anyone about your sexual abuse. Maybe you haven't told anyone about your, your drinking. Uh, maybe you haven't told anyone about the affair that you're having. Maybe you haven't told anyone. I don't know. There's so much. But I just, this is why we're having these conversations. This is why we have this platform. This is why this platform was created is because we just want to turn the light on, turn the light on, turn the light on, turn the light on. I want to turn the light on in every dark room. I want to turn the light on in every dark corner. So that you know you're not alone. Mm -hmm. So that you know that you're not the only one. You know, that whole Me Too movement when all of that started, but I, you know, we, we could start me too movements about so many of these issues. And so I, 
even if there's just one person out there right now listening to this that could put up their hand and say, me too, it's, it's worth having this conversation. You're worth having this conversation for. And so I just, um, I'm so grateful to you guys for, uh, for listening. I'm so grateful to you guys for, for tuning in. And I, I'm, you know, I honestly, Carissa, I'm, you're, you're really amazing. Like, and I know I'm your mom and, you know, and I know you might think I'm biased. Everyone listening might think (laughs) I'm biased, but I actually like, I can't believe sometimes that like, holy crap, this kid is my daughter. And just, you're such an overcomer. And you're such a beautiful person. You're so courageous and inspiring. And I, you know, honestly, being your mom, being your mom, It's like the best thing I've ever done with my life. And I feel like as I'm watching you guys grow, like you and Eden and the boys, like Elijah and Gabriel, and I I have to like, (laughs) I I just feel like I I have to keep going. You know, I got to keep going just to stay caught up with you guys. (laughs) Because you're... You're just really amazing human beings and you're really who you are out there in the world and how you interact with other people and how, you know, your potential to reach people and and even these little people that you're raising. And I'm just, you guys, like you and Eric and my grandkids and Eden and Keegan and my grandkids and the boy, like, if you guys are if this is the only legacy I leave in my lifetime, I I feel like I did pretty good, <laughs> you know, just with how you guys are, how with how you are. And I'm, thank you for showing up today. Like, you're incredible. And I, I really know that a lot of people are just going to find a lot of freedom from hearing your story today and and I just um I'm so proud of you and I'm so grateful for you I'm grateful for our relationship I'm I'm grateful I'm just so grateful and uh yeah I love you (laughs) thanks mom I love you too (laughs) and I'm I just I want you guys all to know too that Chris is going to be launching her own podcast (laughs) soon. She doesn't have a name for it yet, but um, she'll be, she'll be coming at you live (laughs) soon. (laughs) And uh, I'm so proud of you that you just keep, just keep going. Don't ever stop. Like don't ever stop. And so, yeah, I just, thanks. Thanks you guys for tuning in today and thanks for listening and, uh, you can subscribe. Please subscribe. Um, 
mm-hmm. to the podcast. And uh, I'm learning more about this as we go. So <laughs> yeah, please subscribe to the podcast. Uh, you can find us on Apple Podcasts, on Spotify. Um, I would also ask uh, if you... If you get, if you are getting anything out of this, if you could please um, jump onto Apple Podcasts there and uh, write a review, leave a review. Um, I I didn't know how important this actually all was, but <laughs> apparently it's pretty important. So um, I just actually found out last night um, at about one o'clock in the morning when I was going to bed that uh, Ordinary Courage podcast is uh, on Apple on Canada's. Apple Podcasts Top 100. I actually... I didn't even know if that was real or not. I had to send it um, to my girl, Alyssa. Because <laughs> I was... Uh, I was um, didn't want to get excited until I <laughs> was sure what I was reading. But um, So apparently that's a real thing. And so, yeah, so, but that's all thanks to you guys already. And so, um, just really grateful for all of you guys listening and tuning in. And so, yeah, this has been a very uh, emotional, (laughs) sorry, uh, podcast. But yeah, you are listening to the Ordinary Courage podcast. Thank you, everyone, uh, for tuning in. And uh, we'll see you again next week.